Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Give something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Father, we thank you today for your word. Now, Lord, we ask this morning that you would go beyond our abilities, go beyond our mind, go beyond our intellect, Father, and God, speak to us today. Move us, God, this morning, Father, to recognize the greatness that we possess. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. I want to give you this, and... I think it ties in to what I'm going to preach. But it's a word that the Lord spoke to me earlier this week, and I want to share it with you today, and it's concerning fear. The Lord spoke to me earlier this week and said this, sometimes our greatest fears are roadblocks to the things that we need the most. It's very simple there. But our greatest fears are sometimes the greatest roadblock that stops us from getting what we need the most. Now I want you to understand today, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1 that God's not given us a spirit of fear. All right? God's not given us a spirit of fear because fear brings bondage. And so if fear brings bondage, then fear is that that will hold us back from receiving those things that God wants to do. And one of the fears that I've noticed that a lot of people have is concerning the moving of God's spirit, the moving of God's anointing, and things such as that. Many people welcome it, but others sit back and, and kind of wonder about it. And some might be even fearful of it. Well, understand this, that sometimes your greatest fears are the roadblocks that hold God back from giving you the things that you need the most. So I want to encourage you today, pursue God like a wild man. Pursue God with everything you've got because God's not going to give you anything that's going to hurt you. He's going to want, he wants you to have what will help you. All right? I want you to notice something about this lame man. Now if you read on down in, I think, chapter four, it might be in chapter three, you'll find that this lame man <clears throat> was about 40 years old. And so he had been in this condition for 40 years. So that lets me know that more than likely, he had been laid at this gate for, we'll say, at least 15 years that he had laid at this gate because the gate had become a place uh, of provision for him. 
It had become a place where he could beg alms and those that were coming into the gate uh, would give alms to him. And so it had become a place of provision for him. It lets me know this also, that more than likely there was a time that even Jesus had walked by this man as he sat at the gate. More than likely, the disciples, more than likely even Peter and John, were familiar with this man that sat at the gate. Because the gate of the city and the gate of the temple was a place where people who were begging could get provision. So more than likely, they had passed him before, but never had been prompted or never had what they had now to give him. All right? You see, but what he was expecting, the Bible says that he was expecting something from them in verse 5. In other words, he was expecting to get a dollar or a dime from them. He was holding his cup out, expecting to get something in monetary form. But he was not expecting to get what he got. He was not expecting to receive the miracle that would change his life. In our culture today, People are no longer expecting the church to be a miraculous church. That's the reason that if you could answer the phone back here on any given week or month or whatever, you would see that people will call and they are wanting just what this man wanted, but they're not expecting the miracle. When you drive by people that are standing by the road that are saying, I need help, or would you please help me, or something like that, they're expecting a monetary value to be given to them. But they're not expecting a miracle from God. But you see, what I believe today is that there was a shift made here in the book of Acts. There was a shift, and that shift was this, that Jesus crucified placed in the tomb, resurrected on the third day, ascended to heaven, Holy Spirit came back in Acts chapter two and came upon all those that were sitting in the upper room. The Spirit of Christ literally came and sat upon that multitude of men and women that were in the upper room. Peter walks out of the upper room and uh, begins to preach a message that he had never preached before. Peter had never delivered a sermon before, but he walked out of the upper room and began to preach the word of God and began to share with people what God was doing. And the Bible says that 3,000 souls were saved uh, due to that message. So God was shifting something. God was saying, I'm about to do something different. And I want you to get that in your spirit this morning, guys, because I believe that what God is saying it is that it is not business as usual 
in the church any longer. God is saying, I want to do something different. I want to do something greater than what you've even been expecting. And I, it is important to understand that God wants to do it through you. All right? I want to give you this, and then we'll, we'll finish up. Salvation. The salvation that you received as a result of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary if you look at it in volume wise, salvation is spoken of as a well of living water. In Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah prophesied that there would come a day that with joy we would be able to draw from the wells of salvation. So salvation is a well, so I wanna use that today to describe and explain to you what God is wanting to do. When Jesus comes into a person's life and saves them, they're saved because of the shed blood. They're, shed, they're saved because of the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation, uh, as Isaiah prophesied, being a well, uh, is very specific because there's only one thing that you can do with a well. And that is draw water out of it to drink. Wells are dug and wells are made for thirsty people. It's the reason Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So when we go to Jesus, we're going to a well and we're drawing out that that will nourish us, strengthen us, and sustain us. But a well is only specific for one thing, and that is to get water out of to drink. You can't fish out of the well. You can't get food out of the well. The well is meant for one thing. Let your bucket down, get you some water, and drink from that water. That's what Jesus was saying to the woman of Samaria. Uh, when he told her, he said, if you knew what I had to give you, you would ask and I would give you a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. And so the well is is specific it is one thing and and salvation is specific you can only do one thing with the blood of Jesus you either accept it or reject it it either redeems you or it becomes a curse to you if you don't receive it so understand the well is a is is one thing it is meant to refresh you it is meant to to satisfy your thirst. But when we begin to look at Holy Spirit, we see something different. And I, I'm gonna get there in a minute, just bear with me. While the well is, is meant for one thing, Holy Spirit is symbolized throughout the word of God as a river. It is, in other words, Holy Spirit is an unlimited resource or an unlimited source of sustenance, of food, of provision, of everything that you need to be sustained. Not only to sustain you as an individual, but the, the Holy Spirit represents that river that sustains all that you are connected with. In Ezekiel chapter 47, Ezekiel had a vision 
and it was a vision that was that was concerning what was coming in the future. Ezekiel had a vision of a river. Uh, and in verse 6 of Ezekiel 47, the Bible says that God said to him, Son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen what? The river. Ezekiel had the vision of a river that was flowing out or, or, or ushering out from the, the temple. And it was going out in all directions. And the Bible says that, Eli, that Ezekiel uh, stepped into this river uh, ankle deep. And then he saw that he could step deeper and he went deeper into this river and it got up to his waist. And then Ezekiel said, I went out a thousand uh, more uh, feet. And he said, it was a river that I could swim in. In other words, Ezekiel said it was a river uh, that was huge and, and it was a river that I could swim in. So what was God saying and what was God showing the prophet Ezekiel that he was prophesying of something that was going to come in the future? The Bible says that he said in verse 6, Son of man, did you see this? And I believe that question is very key because God was saying, Ezekiel, I want, to, I want you to understand what I'm showing you and what I want you to know uh, about what I'm showing you. And he said, then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into, into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Notice the scope of the river that Ezekiel saw and how God was saying this river is going to cover an enormous amount of things. And he says, and it shall come to pass in verse 9 that everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters shall come there, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live where the river comes. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eniglim. They shall be a place to come they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. Now to bring that down to where we are today, Ezekiel was prophesying of the day when Holy Spirit was going to be released upon the earth and he said it's going to be a river that wherever it goes it will bring healing wherever it goes it will produce wherever it goes it will bring life Jesus said in John chapter 7 and verse 37 through 39 that he stood that day of the feast and he cried saying this if any man thirst let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But listen to this. But this spake he of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, which 
they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I'm fixing to come down there because I want to get personal with you today. Because I want you to understand something. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What was the Apostle Paul talking about that we've got a treasure in earthen vessels? He was talking about the Holy Spirit, that we've been given a treasure. You see, many of us look at Holy Spirit and we don't really pay attention to what we've got. But to one who is lost, who is bound, who is broken, who is starving and, and hurting and addicted and all that, when you talk about Holy Spirit, they look at that and they say, my goodness, if I had what you've got, and they look at it as a treasure. You see, guys, I want you to understand this morning that many might be here today and you might have visited or, or come and Jesus might have done a work in your life and you drew water out of the well of salvation. You know what it's like for the blood of Jesus to come and be applied to your life. It broke the power of sin. It broke the curse of sin that was against your life. What your grandma and grandpa and daddies and daddies and great granddaddies and all that did. Jesus, in a moment of time, the blood came and it broke that curse of sin from over your life. What used to be a line of alcoholics stopped the day that you drew water out of the well of salvation. What used to be a line of drug addicts and wife abusers, abusers and child abusers and all of that, it stopped that day that you let your bucket down into the well of salvation and the blood of Jesus was applied to your life and Jesus said, no more will you be a victim of your past. No longer will you walk in fear and no longer will you walk in bondage because the blood of Jesus has set you free. What an exciting day and what an awesome thing it is to know uh, that you can walk into uh, a place of worship such as this. You can walk in bound and, and bondage and all of that on your life and addicted and all that and you can walk in here and, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God moves and the well of salvation begins to flow and you accept what Jesus has offered to you and it's broken. broken but I want to tell you this morning that that well of salvation will provide water for you to drink and it will sustain you but there's another that I want to talk to you about this morning which is the river that listen salvation will get you to heaven Salvation will deliver you from your bondage. But Jesus wants to do more in your life. He sent Holy Spirit back to live inside of you that God would give you understanding and wisdom and revelation. But listen, there's a, there's a treasure on the inside of you that God is saying, it is this treasure that I want to use in your life that will unlock the, the bondage that's in your family and the bondage that's in your community. It's a river. The well affected me. The river affects you. 
Let me say that again. The well is me personal. The well didn't have anything to do with Judy. The well didn't have anything to do with Amber, Ashley, Autumn, or Braley. The well affected me. Everybody has got to go to the well. All right? I can't do it for you as much as I love you. I would like, listen, I've seen people I'd love to take them and throw them down in the well. All right? (laughs) You know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I've seen some that I felt like I could make them drink. If God would give me just a minute with them, I would like to try it. But I, I can only do the well for me. But here's the awesome thing about the river. Is that when the river begins to flow, the river will affect those around me. Here's the thing, guys. God is saying today, I've given you access to the river. And there are those that are here this morning and you've been wondering why your life is so dead and why you feel so unfulfilled. Could it be that God is saying the well is no longer enough for you? Because, listen, God said, I made the well through my son. But I sent the spirit of my son back and now he's a river. And he wants to flow through you. He wants to work through your life. Listen, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10 and verse eight. He said, I want you to go out. He was talking to his disciples. He said, I want you to go out and preach the gospel. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, so freely give. Now we go back to Acts where Peter and John are standing here and this man that has been crippled for 40 years. No telling how many church members, and I'm fixing to close, but you guys go ahead and come, Katie. No matter, no telling how many church members had walked by this lame man. Listen, guys, I want to tell you this morning that what God is wanting to do is going to require me getting out of my comfort zone. Several months ago, I was in Walmart in Monroeville And I had this guy walk up to me and he knew me, but I didn't know him, which is not unusual. But anyway, he walked up to me and uh, he said, Brother Cornelius, I I just want to tell you, uh, he said, I've I've just been going through the toughest time in my life. And he said, uh, I've just been going through some rough, rough things in my life and and I just need you to pray for me. I need your prayers, man. I need God to do a work in my life. And, and, and I was gonna give that religious cliche or that religious line that we always give and we say, well, I will be praying for you. And Holy Spirit stopped me before I could even get it 
uh, out of my mouth and the Lord spoke to me and he said, he doesn't need you to pray for him tomorrow. He needs you to pray for him right now. And so I said, well, sir, I said, there's no better time than right now for us to pray. And right there on uh, the toilet paper aisle where I was uh, getting some angel soft and all that, uh, we stopped right there in the middle. Wipe that picture out of your mind. Yeah, it's not a, not a good illustration there, but that's where I was. That's where I was. We stopped right there, and I laid hands on that gentleman, and we just began to pray. Uh, needless to say, nobody bought paper products there for the next few minutes because they didn't want to get involved in what was going on there on the paper aisle. But listen, uh, God spoke to me and he said, son, this is what I'm wanting to do with my church. This is what, listen, and God reminded me of Peter and John, that Peter and John did something that perhaps nobody else had done. They stopped and they didn't give the man what he was expecting but they gave him that that he was not expecting that would change and, and radically change his life. So here's what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying to you today that there are people in your life that don't need a handout of a dollar. There are people in your life that don't need to, to hear your ideas or your opinions, but there are people in your life that need to hear you pray for them. Peter said to this man, he said, look on me. And I've often wondered what he was meaning when he said, look on him. But here's what I think he was doing, Brother Larry. I think he was looking at this man and saying, listen, focus on what I'm about to tell you. Because what I'm about to tell you is going to change your life. See, if I were to come to you today and ask you to give me $1,000, I'm not going to ask Brother Jack. He got it. He got it. But Miss Eula's not with him this morning, so he might not be able to do it. But if I was to come to Brother Jack this morning, I said, Brother Jack, I, I know you could spare a thousand, but I, I need 10,000. Brother Jack would look at me and say, Pastor, I, I, love, you, I love you, sir, but I, I, can't, I can't do that. See, but here's the thing. If we understood that we've got something on the inside of us that is worth way more than 10,000. We've got something inside of us that is more valuable than all the money that you could possess. Because you see, money had never fixed this lame man. Money had never gotten him away from his begging. Money had never fixed his legs. And greater than that, money had never fixed his heart, Brother Tim. But what Peter said, 
I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. What did he have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You say, but pastor, God doesn't do miracles like that anymore. It might be because you've never said, rise up and walk. It might be because you've never applied the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, to a situation. It might be because you have never stepped out on faith and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Maybe God is saying today, the situation that you've been dealing with, the struggle that you've been going through, the person that you've been praying for, maybe God is saying today, quit giving them your money. Quit giving them a pat on the back. Quit, quit trying to appease their sin. Quit trying to speak into their idolatries. And maybe God is saying, child of God, understand you've got a treasure on the inside. You've got a river on the inside. And God said when you release that river, you're gonna see life begin to spring up all around you. I challenge you this morning, release the river. Release the river. If you're here this morning, Glenn, stand with me. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, uh, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I met him as my Lord and Savior, but I've never been filled with this river. Well, I want you to know this morning that it's right here. And I believe today that during worship, this altar is open. You know, we don't ever close the altar. But this altar is open this morning. So I want to encourage you today to recognize, sir, ma'am, God's given you a river. He's given you a river. For this is what the Lord would say, children. I have provided everything you need. It is here. You don't have to ask. You don't have to wait. It has already been done. For there is a river whose streams thereof will make glad the city of God. There is a river that is flowing in this place, this hour. Step into the river. Wade out into the river. Swim in my river, says God. And see that if my river won't bring life to your dead places, See if my river won't produce that that you so desperately need. Come, come, come to the river. Come and find 
provision and sustenance, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I truly believe this morning that there are people that are going to be filled with God's Spirit standing right where you're standing. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that. That's the gifts of the Spirit that operate. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. I know I say that every time, but I want you to understand because there's nothing to fear about what God is wanting to do. So I want you to understand this morning, if you're here today and you've never met Jesus, you've never been born again, you can accept him right now and make him the Lord of your life. And if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want that river flowing in my life. As they worship today, I want you just to open yourself up to God and say, Lord, won't you come and feel me? Come and feel me today. In the name of Jesus, receive by faith. Let's see.